That's Regional Wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N. We also want that's to right. do what? I said, that's wrestling. <laughs> yeah. goes I couldn't on. help. You had to get I my get goes on. Gotta get your goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Other Ship Podcast. I will be sitting in the host chair this evening tonight in the absence of our friend and brother, Chris Spiker. My name is Jerusef R. Jones, and I want to welcome you all. And with me this evening here on the Other Ship are all my friends and brothers, up to and including the one and only Michael T.S. Herrick in the production chair. How are we doing tonight, Mike? Fantastic. That is tremendous. And we are also joined this evening by a man who have cheese will travel. Bill Merriweather. How are we, Bill? I'm sorry. Our shake machine is broken. Again? At least I know I can get cheese. Always. And we are joined once again this evening by your friend, our friend, everybody's friend, except for a few people that are not liked by him, I guess, out there in Pennsylvania. Jason D'Agostino, how are you, Dags? It's good to see you, bro. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. No complaints tonight. None? No, none. You're goddamn right, boy. I ain't got any problems. What happened to your Fred Durst gimmick? <laughs> I don't feel like rolling right now. You did it for the Nookie Bangers. You know, we do things for Nookie. Anyhow, right. there's my segue. Back to the game. Tonight's episode, we will be reviewing underrated sports movies. I had asked about this topic. Was it just going to be specifically geared toward sports movies, Hoosiers, Days of Thunder, whatever the case, Eight Men Out, you know, Field of Dreams, your traditional sports movies, or could we go outside the box? And we decided to go outside the box, stay in the box, climb on the box, take a dump in the box, whatever you want to do with the box, you know, step one, cut a hole in the box, two... You know, put your movie in that box, whatever. So we're going to go down some lists here tonight, and everybody's going to have some cool stuff to talk about, I am for sure and for certain. So we will start this thing off by going over to Michael Herrick. What do you got for your underrated sports movie, Mike? Let's go with one that Biker mentioned when we were talking about this the other night, and that is The Last Boy Scout. Excellent. That's a cool movie, too. It is, and it may not be considered a sports movie to a lot of people, but there's no movie if it's not based around football. Great cast, Damon Wayans, Bruce Willis, uh, Halle Berry, young Halle Berry as a stripper. Can't think of the guy's name that plays the private detective that's fucking Bruce Willis's wife. It's hiding in the closet. Was LL Cool J not in this movie? No, that was Any Given Sunday, I think. Yes, you're right, you're right. I saw this movie, I got it for Christmas when I was like 12. No business having this movie at that age, really. But I've always loved it. Boy Scouts. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I wanted it because Bruce Willis was in it, and I'd seen Die Hard, and I loved Die Hard. And I'm like, oh, it'll be great. And it was. But, man, just a, like you said, a crazy movie. It's out there. You know, you got the running back that shoots himself in the end zone after shooting somebody else in the kneecap or whatever. And, man, when Spiker brought it up the other night, it's the first time I've heard anybody talk about it in over 20 years. So I think it's extremely off the radar and, and an underrated movie if you've not seen it. And I need to go back and watch it. I haven't seen it in years. But was this uh, the first 
thing that Damon Wayans did after in Living Color? I think maybe, or he may have still been on in Living Color at the time because it came out in like 91, 92, I think. Yeah, it came out in 91. So I think he was still on in Living Color at that point. Yeah, you had the extremely versatile and great character actor. Taylor Negron was in this. A young Danielle Harris played Bruce Willis's daughter, I believe. You had Chelsea Field as Bruce Willis's wife. Bruce McGill, that's the guy that played the private eye. I always confuse him with William Forsythe. Good, Dags. Bruce McGill also was D-Day in Animal House. Yes. Yes, he was. Billy Blanks from Tybo fame. He played the running back, Billy Cole. Yet a young Eddie Griffin was in this. Noble Willingham played the owner of the, was it the LA Bulls? Is that the name of the team, I think? Just a, I think you are just correct. a great, bad, rich dude. But yeah, hell of a movie. Crazy out there shit and not something that a 12-year-old probably should have been watching by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I mean, it didn't have full frontal nudity, but it was close and it was a hard R otherwise with language and violence and everything else. They might have thought it was really about Boy Scouts. I think it was just because I knew Bruce Willis was in it. I don't remember. I'm positive my mom and dad didn't get it for me. Yeah, I was so going to say that might have been out of the My guess is my aunt because they, my uncle would have been like, oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Dags, Billy, you guys got any comments about The Last Boy Scout? Was this one of those films that was using USFL footage because it was out in the public domain? I think probably that or it could have been CFL footage. I'm not 100% sure. I would almost bet USFL. I've never seen it, but as soon as you said uh, oh. the L.A., was it? did you say the L.A. Bulls? I want to say that was the name of the team, yeah. It made me think of uh, the HBO series First and Ten. Ten. And that also had a team called the L.A. Bulls, and they used a lot of L.A. Express footage from the USFL. I know for a long time, most football movies used footage from the USFL because they didn't have to pay for it. (laughs) It was incorrect. It was the L.A. Stallions. Wild Stallions. (laughs) Dags, you need to track it down and watch it. Uh, So you were talking about Roma and ours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bill Mendes sang the like Monday Night Football type theme song. Friday <laughs> night's a great night for football. Catchy fucking song, too. All right. We will move on now to Big Bill here. Let's get one off of your list. What's the first one on your list for underrated sports movies? This might shock you guys if you're sitting down, but my list is all over the place. But the first one I'm going to go is a wholesome kids movie that really makes me chuckle. It's such a cornball movie in some ways, but... I have a soft spot for it. I don't know why, but that's Rookie of the Year, directed by the great Daniel Stern from Home Alone fame and, of course, Wonder Years stuff and all kinds of stuff. And now he looks like a maniac and he's in the weird movies with the workaholics guys where he gets his pee-pee chopped off. Did you guys watch that movie on Netflix? I'm sorry, it's a whole different tangent, but it's a fun movie and it's got the legendary Gary Busey, who was actually kind of sane and he's a lot of fun. I just get a kick out of this movie, and I've seen it a couple times. It's one of those movies, yeah, on the surface is like cornball, but it's really cute. And it's, uh, like, God, I want to say wholesome because that sounds terrible. But it's a family movie with snark, but it's about a kid who gets his arm broke, and then he heals back up and he becomes a major league pitcher. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. I don't but, know. I just, uh, what roles Gary Busey play? He's another baseball player, and he's like the jaded veteran, and, and he's a lot of fun. He really is. He's like, hey, it's kid, <laughs> you know, that type of role. Like, a, he's a douchebag at first, but then he's a mentor type thing. Any discussion about buttered sausage? There's <laughs> not much to articulate anymore, but Mike, I saw you had your thumbs up, so please help me out here. 
I love this movie. It, like you said, it's a family movie through and through, but you've got Daniel Stern being the like oddball yep. play on the Cubs. So the, the kid hurts his arm. He's like 12 or 13, breaks his arm, comes back and can throw like 95 or some shit <laughs> and instantly starts pitching for the Cubs. Yeah. So, so you got Gary Busey, like Bill said, and this was pre-motorcycle accident, Gary Busey, if I remember. I think it was like late 90s when he had his motorcycle accident, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 it's just, so he had it in 1988. Oh, it was 88. Well, shit. Turn, yes. I say you got to go back to get a pre-scrambled Gary Busey. <laughs> there must be <laughs> Buddy he, Holly. He, he was very normal in this. That's why I thought the motorcycle accident was post this movie. But yeah, W. Earl Brown, tremendous character actor in there somewhere. I don't remember where right off, but mostly because I haven't seen it in a number of years. Neil Flynn was in it. But it is. It's a crazy movie. There's no way a 13-year-old kid would pitch in the majors, so totally out there. But it's fun. It's one of the list of baseball movies that I try and watch every spring before opening day. It's got, you know, it's got heart. It has really good bits. Yeah. The manager. Good bits. Constantly screwing up Henry's last name. Hilarious. (laughs) Rosenbagger. You're up. Daniel Stern steals every freaking scene he's in. Hot ice. I heat the ice. It's the best of both worlds. I'm surprised you didn't do more directing because this is a good movie. It really is. It's a great. And that was like during a string of like kids based baseball movies. You had the yeah. Sandlot. You had this. You had uh, what was the one where the kids grandfather left him the team. And it, there's the Little twins. Big Little Big League. And then you had Angels yeah. in the Outfield, the remake. It was a whole thing there in the mid yeah. early to mid 90s. And I think it got kind of lost in that. I mean, the Sandlot's obviously the most iconic. You know, you can't call that underrated. But I think that this one gets lost in the shuffle. But it's a it's a genuinely cute movie. Whereas Angels in the Outfield is just like it's kind of schmaltzy. If anyone has another list, I apologize ahead of time. And Danny Glover's wonderful. You know, this one's a little more snarky, and I like that. I think it's right behind but loving. <laughs> I just wanted to pop someone, but I do agree with you. For me, it's right behind the Sandlot. As far as all the like family friendly baseball movies. Oh, yeah. of- early 90s era quality wise it's second only to the sandlot but you don't hear anybody ever talk about right and it's too bad well all right let's move on here we'll go over to our buddy dags what's first on your list i'm all over the place i have it broken up by sport all right let's go with this one because it's probably low-key one of my favorite baseball films and i feel like mike and bill already know where i'm going with this i'm going with mr baseball on my list I was at that piece of shit with Tom Selleck. You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make sure. It's so stupid, but I learned the term Gaijin from this movie when I was nine. So <laughs> watch out Suck for those it, reverse mortgages. What? I said, just watch out for the reverse mortgage. I'll take your grandma's house. What was it you said on the draft episode? Don't think of it as us taking over your mortgage. Think of it as Tom Selleck's mustache moving in. Yeah. (laughs) That still tops me. It's all powerful. It's a fun, I mean, nowadays it'd be considered a B movie, but it was just a fun baseball movie. Really interesting premise because there are a lot of American players that go overseas to play when their American career is on a downslope. Some things were goofy in it, but overall it's, not an offensive film for the most part. It's it's all right. I haven't seen this movie since probably 1990 <laughs> in that area. I feel like it came out in the 80s, but I don't know. You probably already said that. I haven't seen it in a long time. 
came out in 92. It gives you a look at Japanese baseball and the differences and how the sport is treated over there versus here. It's not like a high quality film, but it's a good baseball movie. I enjoy it just like Rookie of the Year. It's on my list of baseball movies I try and watch once a year. Um, It's not going to knock your socks off or anything, but I've never heard anybody talk about it other than Dags. Just him and I. (laughs) I love you for that. Is it living up to my gimmick? Say this. I think Tom Selleck plays a convincing baseball player. Like when he's in the box taking cuts and stuff. He looks like a ball player. Well, he was a collegiate athlete, so he can hang at a certain level to some degree. And we got... Dennis Haysbert playing a different baseball player. Now this one can of, hit the curveball. Yeah, instead of Serrano. But it also gives you an idea of how some of the Gaijin players are looked at coming over. And I think now the, the home run record in Japan has fallen to, was it? Uh, I think it was Tuffy Rhodes, wasn't it? He may have had it. I think now it's uh, Vladimir Allenton, maybe, at the single season record. I can't remember. That's kind of the premise of this is Tom Selleck's character is challenging the home run record of his manager. Right, Dags? Right. I'm dead on with that, right? Okay. And stuffing his daughter at the same time. Yes. Yeah. There's that too. There is an awkward bathtub scene in this movie. There is. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I think Gaijin baseball players would get more respect if they came out of the dugout swinging chains at the fans. (laughs) Works in other sports. Yeah. What about you, Bill? You got any opinions on Mr. Baseball? I know I've seen it, but I don't remember much about it. I'm pretty sure I watched a long time as a kid, but I don't remember. So I might be full of shit. Sorry, Diggs. I'll have to check it out so I can offer no, some. No need to be sorry. The conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we will move on to my first pick on the list here. I have White Men Can't Jump, starring Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez, Kadeem Hardison. I think his name. It was Dwayne Wade back in the different world days. Just a classic movie. I love it. I love Rosie Perez. Side boob. Oh, Billy. Come here, did I lose the money again, Billy? I lost the money. You know, Woody was fresh out of cheers. He was hot. Wesley Snipes was Wesley Snipes. And the basketball scenes in the movie were great. And it was just a, a perfectly timed movie for cultural relevance. It was like one of them Spike Lee joints or something, man. It just hit at the right time, the right music, the right fads, clothes. Everything was right at the time for the movie. And just a great movie. So many classic scenes. You know, I'm just going to leave it up here. It's pretty. It is a thing of beauty. Yeah, yeah, we're going Sizzler. We're going Sizzler, guys. Just a classic movie. Tons of great scenes, one-liners, and to me, an all-timer. It's a great movie. Which, did they, are they, re, is it already out? And I know they're making a remake, right? Is it a show or a, another movie? But I know they're remaking. Oh. Yeah. It's on Hulu, I, I believe. Yeah, Hulu, that's right. Something like that. But I haven't watched it because why would you do that? It was such a perfect, it was like a classic. A lot of fun. And I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing. But maybe it's good. Maybe it's, I don't know. But Well, Hollywood's devoid of ideas. Right. So. It's like at this point, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it's not like the plot was really cool. You know, bad gambler, issues, good player, fixing games. Rope a dope in them. Yeah. yeah, full on goofy white dude. Give him the chump. And then he goes out there and Larry Bird's him. Yeah. Pretty cool movie. I was going to put this on my list until you mentioned it the other day. So I left it off, but I love this movie. And we got full Rosie Perez boob, not side boob. You are correct, sir. I was just trying to be tactful. (laughs) (laughs) There was just so much good stuff in there. I mean, you got the 
Ain't no thing but a chicken wing on a string from Burger King. The thing of beauty is a joy forever. My man, John Keats, said that. That's my man. You know that, right? And that's all Kadeem Hardison. He was tremendous as a supporting character in this movie. Such a departure from the Dwayne Wayne character, the nerdy guy that he played on A Different World, to seeing him here. Like the scene when they're in the car talking about Jimi Hendrix and how <laughs> Billy Hoyle, he can't hear Hendrix. He can listen to Hendrix, but he can't hear Hendrix because he's white. And then it's like, the whole damn rhythm section's white. Look, I love it. I didn't realize I totally called him Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I, I thought that's what you said, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I did too, but I just assumed Since you said Dwayne you say Wade, it, it and like I heard it wrong. Another trigger. You can put a cat in an oven, but that don't make it a biscuit. That's words of wisdom from Sidney Dean in White Men Can't Jump. A classic. That's what I'll leave you to. <laughs> Bill, Dags, anybody got a closing comment on White Men Can't Jump? I should not have been able to have watched it when I was seven, but you know what? I did because my dad <laughs> wanted me to stay up and watch it on HBO. Yeah. Well, might have let me have some sips of uh, Old Milwaukee with him, too. <laughs> I always like the goofy song at the end when the credits were playing, too. It's like some weird, like, Levert or something, you know, some, don't you know that white men can't jump, white men can't jump. <laughs> like the soulful, bluesy song about white guys not being able to jump. Well, no, that's and, stuck in my head for the night things. Yeah, that's like the opposite of the Pointer Sisters jump. <laughs> you know, you want me to jump for my love? I can't. I got too white. Too. Moving on. <laughs> we'll go over to Mike for his next underrated sports movie. All right, I'm going to keep with the basketball theme here and say semi-pro, a Will Ferrell masterpiece. And again, Woody Harrelson, there's a connection right there to white men can't jump. The whole scene where he's talking to Jackie Moon, he says something about the jejunum. What's the jejunum? And then Woody Harrelson fucking punches him. (laughs) He looks like he's dying. Oh, my God. Cracks me up. And he got Woody Harrelson got traded for a washing machine. Like, that is so peak ABA level era craziness that went on in that league i mean it was so just poorly run and you know fly by night practically though i mean the way teams would last for a season or two and fold because they just had no money because they shouldn't have been owning a sports franchise in the first place just a perfect representation i think of what the aba really was and just a fucking all-star cast jason sudeikis david keckner rob cordray Tim Meadows, Will Arnett, Maura Tierney, Andre 3000, Andy Richter. I mean, Kristen Wiig, just amazing. Ed Helms is in there for a little bit, I think. Crazy, crazy. Hilarious movie. I haven't seen it, and it's been far too long. It's been a couple of years at least. I'm probably going to go back and rewatch almost all of these movies we talk about tonight because so many of them I haven't seen for a while. But when you hear people talk about like the best basketball movies, it's Hoosiers, and then that's kind of it. You don't hear too much. It's more football and baseball movies you hear people wax philosophical about and, you know, be all thinking about memories and how where you were when you watched it or how it played to a certain time to you or whatever. This one's just fun. You don't even hear people talk about it when they talk about Will Ferrell's best movies, but I think it's up there on the list of his films, honestly. It is just fucking hilarious. Don't you want to suck me sexy? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping somebody was going to sing. <laughs> I like the uh, fold-out posters of Jackie. <laughs> That's how the ABA leagues were, man. They had to, they had yep. to get creative. Yeah. Market yourself, literally. 
And that was exactly the type of league where somebody with a little bit of money could have positioned themselves as the star of their own team if they wanted to. Yeah, I was going to say, as soon as you mentioned the trade for the washing machine, I immediately thought of Moneyball when he asked for throw in the snack machine stuff and the pops. Yes. <laughs> I don't want my guys to pay for soda. <laughs> yeah. Soda's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. We will move on now to Big Bill for his next one on his list. You know what? It's funny, Mike, because I have a movie that's a totally different era, but and this is one that never gets talked about, but it's not too dissimilar than where, where you're going, but it's The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Have any of you guys heard of that one? Yeah, I'm sure, but it's, heard not, of it. I seen it. it's really never talked about at all anymore because it doesn't have the best acting in the sense that like before Space Jam, he had a movie with actual NBA players because my man, Dr. J, one of my favorite of all time, is one of the main guys in it, but he plays a basketball player or whatever. It's not like it's stretched, but he's, he gets some lines, and it's kind of fun. But it's, it's a really interesting movie about sort of like a team that struggles, and they it's really goofy. It's super 70s, but it's got some funny moments. But as a kid, it really had a big impression on me. God, I can't remember what their original name was, but they Pythons. It's the Pittsburgh Pythons, I think. They had like a snake thing going on, but one of them goes to a fortune teller, and it's really goofy. And I think it's Rizzo from Greece or something like that. It's there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of people in it. It's one of those movies where it's like loaded with people, and it's just nonstop. So it's kind of cheeseball, but it's a lot of fun. And then because it's a fortune teller thing, they're talking about Pisces. So the guys like, let's be the Pittsburgh Pisces and the and the Pittsburgh Fish and. And it's all this stuff, and they bring all this fish merchandise, and it's really goofy and over-the-top stuff. But it made a big impression on me as a kid. But it's very much a sense of a team that was struggling. Like I don't can't, I don't think they were doing ABA. It might have been. It's been a long time. I got it's one that I definitely got to rewatch. But it made a big impression on me as a kid. I haven't seen it in like ten years now, or probably longer. But it's definitely like, again the fish that saved Pittsburgh, and it's. I've never heard of it. Dr. J and I think Meadowlark's in it. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Meadowlark's in it because he's always a lot of fun. And a ton of other people, like other, God, there's tons of other people. There's a lot of actors in it too, like Debbie Allen, Harry Shearer, Stalker Channing's in it. Yeah, Rizzo, right? She's in it. And there's a lot of people in it. There's tons of people in it. Interesting. A lot of characters. It's very much an underrated basketball flick, you know, but kind of goes like you you don't hear hear about it at all. But, and again, it's not the best acting in the sense that you've got some, you know, Dr. J is a lot of funny. He had charisma, but, you know, he he could (laughs) have, he could have maybe got a little more active lessons, but he's great. And, you know, I may be a little biased because I love him, but it's a lot of fun if you check it out. Hopefully somebody out there is a little older in our, our group. I'm not saying that any of you guys are old. You're wonderful, but you know. You and I are about the same age, Bill. That's why I'm kind of tripping out that I don't remember this at well, all. Well, it's because I was a kid when it came out because it was like, you know, sort of like the height of Dr. J's career when we were kids. I'm talking, it was like four or five when the sucker came out. And I watched on HBO when I was real little at first. So that's why it kind of made a big impression on me because like the fish and all this stuff, you know. So I'm guessing like somebody... You know, I have a couple years on us. We'd probably remember it better if that makes sense. Because it's a good movie, but not a great movie. It's just like a lot of fun. Mike or Dags, have you guys seen it? I haven't seen it. I've heard about it for a number of years, and it's just one of those I've never got around to checking out. But yeah, Jonathan Winters, Stockard Channing, right. Kareem's in it, Meadowlark Lemon. And then there's uh, Flip Wilson is in it, M. Emmett Walsh. Tons of people you know. And then there's a number of character actors throughout here. Yeah. That you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. He's in this and this, but you don't know their names. But then you've got like NBA people like Chick Hearn, and you've got Marv Albert, and Jerry Tarkanian played a coach in the movie. And then you had a few actual, like, I'm guessing lower end NBA players 
that filled out some of the roles and things. Bob Lanier was in it. I've always heard that it was more of like a cult film, I think, basically. Yeah. And I've always heard good things. I've just never got around to checking it out, but I think I will now. Very cool. Leave it to Bill to pull one out of Obscura. Of course. But that's what we like. <laughs> so well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Now we'll throw this over to Dags for his next underrated sports movie so i have a lot of deep cuts on here but i'm gonna go with one that i'm kind of hoping someone here tonight and someone listening might remember it is a sports parody film and i'm not taking the one we talked about off the air even if it is on my list because i feel like one of you are going to bring that one up i'm going to talk about a boxing film from the 90s known as the great white hype samuel l jackson is a don king like Boxing promoter Jeff Goldblum is in it. Corbin Burnson's in it. John Lovitz is in it. Cheech is in it. Jamie Foxx. And for my money, the man who steals the show in this movie is Damon Waynes as James the Grim Reaper Roper. When he shows up for the big fight at the end of, of the movie completely out of shape smoking cigarettes and i'm not going to spoil it but anyway he is just hilarious in this film and it does it never gets talked about i think rodney was the only one who got my reference to it in our group chat like many many moons ago but it is a hilarious boxing parody i have never seen it <laughs> i've heard of it though i have heard of this movie yeah. and i remember where damon wayans is watching dolomite to get himself psyched up and i marked out for that you know I remember that scene, and it was really, I liked it a lot, but I don't remember, because what's his name that directs movies now a lot? Was the white guy Peter Berg, right? Peter Berg was the white hype, yeah. Yeah, and he directs everything now. He's kind of behind the camera, but it was a lot of fun. I did like the movie. I only watched it once, and I don't remember a lot, except for that scene. I mean, like you said, he's fat and out of shape, and he was Damon <laughs> Wayans. It's so great. It was peak Damon Wayans, yeah. He was a lot of fun. Was he smoking in the ring? <laughs> no, he was like, actually, now that I, uh, he might have, I think the giant stole that gimmick, actually. <laughs> so I haven't seen this, but when you said the name, I instantly thought of another boxing movie that I consistently get this confused with because they came out within a few years of each other, I think. And that's play it to the bone with Woody Harrelson huh. and Antonio Banderas. I think, and I think that's I like can- 99, 2000. Yeah. Yeah, I think I confuse it thinking of Woody Harrelson being like the great white hype. Like he's probably that guy, but he's not, obviously. That's the one yeah. where they travel to the fight together, right? I believe so. It's been years so. since I've seen it. Probably 20 years at least since I've seen it. Interesting. Yeah, I've never seen that one. I've, I've vaguely heard of it now you bring it up, but I don't remember. That was when Damon Waynes had a string of like sports films because he had that oh, Celtic yeah. pride with Daniel Stern and Dan Aykroyd Retail. kidnapping Retail. him. That was a fun movie, too. Yes. Was this around the time of Major Pain and stuff? It was. Yeah. <laughs> Major Pain still holds up. I'm sorry. I, I think that's oh, hilarious. Bam Bigelow's in that movie. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he fucking breaks out the robot in that movie. <laughs> it kills me to this day. Hey, got him, Karen Parsons. Is that her name, Karen Parsons? It was her name. Hillary from Fresh Prince. Oh, okay. All right, I guess we'll move on to my next pick for underrated sports movies. And I went really deep on this one, guys. And I thought about, like, what's a movie that has everything with an underlying sports tone? You know, it's got sports. It's got action. It's got kidnapping. It's got people's heads exploding. It's got everything. It's got a guy with a gold face. And I'm talking about Threat Level Midnight. It might be the greatest sports movie of all time, whether it's a parody or whether it's, you're talking Sidney Poitier type shit. This is 
fucking next level. And I mean, I could pontificate on this fucking movie for it's literally my own golden pond. I mean, Henry Fonda can eat my ass. This is a fucking masterpiece. And Toby dies. So, I mean, it's all, everything's great. Can't fuck with Goldface. Anybody else see this movie? Or is this just me? I'm dying over here. Holy shit. That is fantastic. I love you. Because <laughs> I'm trying, like, I've never heard of this. And I'm like, wait a minute. As soon as I Googled it. Yeah, so I like Googled it because like, I've heard of this, but I don't know what it is. And like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm just over here dying. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time i like my face was as red as my pizza hut cup over here i was like hey, this sounds familiar this name but i don't know what the fuck you're talking about so wait a minute what was creed's name it was awfully quiet i was like oh man yeah i was muted thankfully or nobody Everybody was but yeah third level midnight's awesome it's a perfect it's a great premise dude i mean you tie a little match or uh what is how's that go doing the scarn is that yeah, what you're you shake a little, shake a little hands, tie a little yard, and that's how you do the scarn. You meet new friends, you tie that yard. That's how you do the scarn. Yeah. You ever bang a bachelor party, baby? It's a, it's a full twenty-five minute movie. Yeah. Like legit. Is it Cherokee Jack? Is that what Creed's name is? As the guy that trains Michael <laughs> to be a hockey player. <laughs> I just love how Toby has to die. <laughs> so great. Daryl plays the president of the United States who also owns the arena. So he doesn't want it to blow up. Then he does want it to blow up for insurance purposes. <laughs> then there's Samuel Chang, the butler. And the best part of the whole thing is Stanley narrates it. And he's supposed to be Michael Scarn. Like <laughs> Michael's supposed to have his voice. And I then the, what's the robot? I just wanted oh. to feel love. <laughs> oh my god i love you for that that is fantastic if you haven't seen threat level midnight people get it go get out there and check that shit out find it out there on it's the on, interweb it's on youtube i we will make sure and post the youtube link for this when this episode drops because everyone needs to see threat level midnight i'm gonna need a couple of minutes to compose myself before i go to my next movie <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad i could throw a curveball I told you I was going with a deep cut there. I think I got a few things here that are going to surprise some people. That's what's good. You take the idea, the premise of a topic, and then take it out into the outer realms. That's what we like to do around here. All right, now let's move on from Threat Level Midnight, and we'll throw this thing over to Mike again, and let's get another one off of your list of underrated sports movies. All right, I'm going to stick with basketball, and I'm going to go with Glory Road. This came out... There was a string of, it wasn't just Disney. This came out in 2006. And this was in a time period where there were a lot of based on a true story type sports movies. Like they had the rookie about Jim Morris, the high school science teacher that tried out and ended up pitching for the Rays for a few years. And you had Coach Carter, which almost was on my list with Samuel L. Jackson as a coach. And I think inner city Los Angeles that he went in and expected certain grade levels and a lot of things out of his players that weren't the norm and he actually like locked the team out but a lot of those kind of get dismissed as oh they're sappy disney made movies whatever glory road is the story of texas western in 1963 they won the ncaa tournament and they were playing i think they had six or seven black players on their team at a time when most schools only had two or three and i mean the big deal about Texas Western is they met Kentucky in the championship game coached by Adolph Rupp with Pat Riley on the 
Kentucky team, him and Louis Dampier, the big names, all white team from Kentucky without a single black player on their team. And Texas Western's coach, Don Haskins, who I think for a time had the record for most wins. He's been passed by numerous coaches since then, but he was there. Texas Western became UTAP later on, but he played an all-black starting five against Kentucky in the championship game, and they won the NCAA title that year against a heavily favored Kentucky Wildcat team. But it's a very well-done movie. Uh, Josh Lucas stars as Don Haskins, and Josh Lucas for a while seemed like he was really going to be like the next Hollywood leading man. He had the remake of the Poseidon Adventure, I think is what it was called. We got Bill. Earlier today, yesterday, we watched this Josh Lucas banger about a giant shark that leaks oil, and he's taking an oil rig, and it's called Black Demon. And I don't know if Josh Lucas went to reverse acting class or not, but he's fucking the shits in it. It's just an awful. I mean, you know, reverse acting classes. <laughs> yeah, because he's like the shits. He's like he's awful. Like he's beyond Hallmark. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So is it a recent movie? Yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, I think it came out either late last year or this year. It's called Black Demon, and it's really bullshit based on some Aztec Mexican legend because we're on an oil platform in Mexico, and of course the safety standards are shitty. So this giant shark is a force of this Aztec god or something or some demon that's attacking them, and it's really stupid. But it could have been a good movie if somebody knew what they were doing like you know made more sense but it's just fucking awful but he's his acting is atrocious and like you said there's some movies where he's fantastic and had a lot of potential but obviously he's cashing a paycheck here but holy cow he's terrible in this it's like unbelievable like soap opera crackhead levels are awful i don't know what happened to him i don't know if he crossed the wrong person because he went from like the next guy to doing these kind of movies by like the mid I don't know, by 2010, 2012, somewhere around there, he was no longer like the next guy anymore. Yeah. Yeah, this is another movie that I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it. At first, I thought you were maybe mentioning or referencing a TNA pay-per-view. Did you say Glory Road? Glory Road, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely worth your time to check out. It's a good movie. It has been written down next to The Fish Called Wanda or whatever that movie was Bill was talking about. The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Yes. Emily Deschanel plays Josh Lucas's wife. Tatiana Ali, who was Ashley Banks on the Fresh Prince, our second Fresh Prince reference of the evening. She's in it. Hopefully, yeah. I slapped by Will. Yeah. He's it's in a worth, little mood. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth checking out. Definitely, definitely. All right, we will forward this on now to Big Bill. What is the next movie on your list of underrated sports films, sir? If we're going underrated, but still highly regarded, but again, something that a lot of people might not have heard of, a movie called Personal Best. It's about these two lesbian track and field stars. They have a little bit of a relationship, but the lesbian scenes are gratuitous. There is a lot of HLF, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound sexist or creepy. But We've been able to balance out our two Fresh Prince references with one HLA Eric Bischoff reference. I appreciate you giving the disclaimer about the HLA for people <laughs> who might yeah, want to sorry. check this movie out with you talking about how good the movie itself is. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert placed it on their list of 10 best films in 1982. All that aside, it is a fantastic, very good dramatic movie. It's got its ups and downs in a relationship. But <laughs> Bill's pulling out some random ass movies I've never fucking heard of. I'm loving this shit. It was directed and written by Robert Town, who wrote Chinatown. You know, I'm just saying, it's a good movie. There's some really good track action, too, and some competitive sports action. I 
appreciate that. The coach is played by Scott Glenn. It is really good. It's what's her, Mariel Hemingway is one of them. And I can't remember the other chick's name, but she's cute. <laughs> she's a brunette. Is Christy McNichol in that movie? I don't believe so. Who's that one dude that was in all those movies with Chris McNichol? Robbie something. Oh, uh, the guy who played the Beast from... Um... Robbie Benson? Yeah, Robbie, Robbie Benson. Benson. I feel like Bill heard Brent Level Midnight decided, you know what? <laughs> I have to go so much farther out in left field than this ever was. Drew <laughs> tricked me and had me thinking this was a real movie for five minutes. So now... This is what I'm going to do. Remember when I started with Rookie of the Year? What happened? I just fell apart. <laughs> you know what? That should have been a tip that something was up later on. The I, fact that you went with a family-friendly movie to begin with. It really is a good movie, though. It's a very legit, like, Robert Town is a very talented filmmaker. Well, I think he's dead now because it was, like, a long time ago. But he also directed Chinatown, which yeah. I've never heard of also. Well, he wrote Chinatown. You never you never heard of Chinatown? Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah. That movie? Oh, man. But, Been uh, there. Right? I think Roman Polanski directed Chinatown, but this guy directed and wrote this movie. That's my yeah. movie, and I'm sticking to it. The edit on this is going to be tremendous. It'll be seamless. It will. You won't even realize. There's no tomfoolery at all. Well, maybe a little. So what's your yeah. movie, Bill? Check out High Hurdles or whatever this movie's called. I can't even remember what the hell it's called. Personal Best. <laughs> all right. So now we'll move on from Personal Best to find out what is next on Mr. D'Agostino's list of underrated sports movies. Dags, what do you got? All right, I'm going to go with Mystery Alaska as an underrated hockey film. All-star cast, Russell Crowe, Hank Azaria, Mary McCormick, Burt Reynolds. It's about a small town in Alaska. Every Sunday they have a pond hockey game where they live. It's a tradition in the town. Hank Azaria plays a former resident who becomes a sports writer. He convinces the NHL to send the New York Rangers to play against them. Mike Myers has an uncredited cameo playing a Don Cherry ripoff, if anyone listens listening knows who Don Cherry is. In reference to a prior discussed movie, there is a great scene where Mike Myers off the air is asking about if there's a rub and tug place in this small Alaskan town. <laughs> but overall, it's a funny movie. It has some really good funny spots in it. And it's just a really well done sports film that is severely overlooked in the hockey movie genre. This is another movie that I have not seen or heard of, but it sounds intriguing. I've and, heard of it, but I've never seen it, mostly because I'm not really into hockey. I think that's probably why I avoided it. But hearing the cast and the premise, may have to check it out. Yeah, I think even not being a hockey fan, you would probably enjoy the film for what it is. It's an easy watch, I think. There's some really funny spots in the film. Uh, there's some heartwarming stuff, and the hockey action that it's filmed in is done really well. Again, doesn't get a lot of talk. You know, you're not going to be Miracle or Slapshot. So this one flies under the radar, but... It's good. Yeah, I like Hank Azaria. He's generally pretty good in everything that he does. Okay, so I guess my next underrated sports movie is Cobb, starring Tommy Lee Jones. Pretty good movie. I just thought it was a really cool look. If the story is true or accurate, you never know what's folklore or real when they talk about guys like Ruth and Cobb and Cy Young and all those old timers from the old timey days. But I just thought it was a really cool movie and a really cool premise. And Tommy Lee Jones does a very convincing job portraying what everyone claims that Ty Cobb was like. 
battling with his butler or house worker i don't i don't even know what the heck he called the guy but and just the the banter between the two of them when they're driving in the snow and Cobb's got his pistol out and the guy's screaming fuck you mr Cobbs!" and it's just it's a, a really cool movie and when they're arguing about baseball and ty Cobb's like well who do you think's the greatest baseball player he's like well jackie roberts is the best damn baseball player around and he's like ah son of a bitch and, blah, 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 blah. and they just go on and on and on arguing about baseball and it's got a really cool underlying story beyond baseball in it. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it, but pretty cool movie. Worth checking out. I'll tell you what, Stumpy. <laughs> yeah. It's a great Tommy Lee Jones performance. He's fantastic in it. And it's got Homie from Batman as his reporter who's always fighting with all the time, kind of in the movie. He's really good. He's a, I mean, he was at that early show, but he really hasn't done a lot lately. But but he was really good in that. But yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is a tour de force. And again, who knows if Ty Cobb was really a piece of shit that much, but I know he's enough of a jerk-off that a lot of his buddies didn't like him too much. But I, I don't know how bad he really is. Who knows? But the, the he's a piece of shit in this movie, but he's a lot of fun. But it's like a tragic thing, like Drew says, underlying stuff going on. It's a good movie, though. I like it a lot. That's a good choice. I have not seen it. But being the Tommy Lee Jones stars in it, I'm really not sure why I haven't seen it. I love Tommy Lee Jones. So I'm going to need to rectify that error that I've made and check this out very soon. And it's Robert Wool that plays the reporter. There you go. Who's also in Bull Durham. Yes. Okay, so moving on from Cobb, we will throw this back over to TS. What do you got for your next underrated sports movie, Mike? I'm going to go with, I've got a number of movies here, but I'm going to go with Varsity Blues. I love that movie. That was the first movie that Amy named off when I told her what we were talking about. And I don't feel like I've heard anybody talk about it since it came out, really. But it cracks me up. The cast is tremendous. So many young actors there that went on to do an awful lot of good things over the years. You know, Paul Walker, James Vanderbeek, Scott Kahn. You had Ali. I want to say Larder, but I think she was the one in the Doritos commercial, right? No, I think Ellie Larder's the one you're thinking of. She's the one. Green bikini. Cream, yeah. Amy Smart was in it. John Voigt playing Billy. the douchebag coach. Then Billy Bob. Billy Bob was great. It doesn't get a whole lot funnier than the strip club scene <laughs> with Miss Davis. Miss Davis, will you go to prom with me? <laughs> I love Billy Bob. They scan my cat. I can play. Oh, you got a cat scan. Okay. <laughs> great movie. It's like a quintessential 90s type film. Yes. A fun, fun movie and a sad look at how things could be. You know, probably were in some of those Texas towns where football was everything. Both the pressure on the kids and then the shit that the kids could get away with. Like Tweeter, Scott Kahn, stealing the sheriff's deputy car. It's a nice mount me hat you got there. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Texas towns, small towns right. in general. Yeah, in general. And the, the bit where you've got the guy that graduated 15 years ago and is still coming to the football parties with the high school kids and they have him hold the potted plant over his head and then hit him in the nuts with the bat. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. There's one in every movie. Those guys do exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. It's one of those where if I'm flipping through channels and it's on, I'm stopping and finishing it. It doesn't matter if it started five minutes ago when I need to go to bed. I'm finishing that damn movie. Yeah, it used to be on Spike TV all the time. Yep. All right. Yeah, I think everybody knows about Varsity Blues, but if you don't, get out there and check out Varsity Blues. So we will move on now to uh, Big Bill. What do you got for your next underrated and probably unknown sports film? 
This one's pretty known, but I don't think it gets a lot of credit for being as funny as it is. It's a good old Stifler joint, good old Sean William Scott movie called The Goon. It's a hockey movie, and it's really funny. And they made a sequel that's not as good, but it's kind of cute too. But the first one is a fantastic movie, and it's a good movie. And it's got, you know, it's about a guy who didn't quite cut it, but he's great for being a goon, which is a guy who kicks the shit out of everybody else on the team. And he's got a real talent for that. So, yeah, it's kind of a rise and fall sort of thing. Sean William Scott, it's good to see he's, he's got a show now that my wife watches, and I can't think of the name of it, but it's cute. But he kind of sort of fell up, and now he's doing commercials and stuff. It's good to see him have his little mini comeback, but he's a lot of fun. And this movie, it's a charm factory. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I remember Lucy renting it from Family Video back in the day, but I, that's about the only thing I remember about the movie in itself. Was it a Disney movie? No, it was pretty grown up, but it's a comedy, but I don't know. I can't remember if it's R-rated. Again, I, I'm trying not to... It's R-rated. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was, but I'm trying to not to Google much without you know cheating too much but i can't remember but yeah it's it's, it's a pretty violent film a happy gilmore guy that just beat the tar out of people did he stab anybody with a skate in the movie or is happy gilmore still the only person to do that <laughs> happy gilmore still, still a record person. still a record uh, what's funny about goon is it's well loved in hockey circles and funny enough there is a small minor league hockey league in canada that is known mainly for its fights than the hockey yeah, there was a, I remember seeing that on Pat McAfee, where he had some mobster dudes from Buffalo or something like that on the show. They were promoting a thing called Goon Fights, where it's like, oh, nobody goes to hockey games to watch people play hockey. They go to watch a fight. So basically, they just have like one minute rounds of guys on skates beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> And actually, some of the hockey players in Goon were in that league. That makes sense. The Sean William Scott TV show you were talking about, I think, Bill, is Welcome to Flatch. Yes, that's it. And my wife loves it. And it's real quirky type humor and stuff like that. Kind of like a letter Kenny-ish, sort of light, like American version. But it's cute. But it's good to see him back. He plays like a preacher, so it's very against like type. You know, he's not a dickhead. He's right. kind of naive in this. So. But it's fun. I just want to say he had one of my favorite guest starring roles on Always Sunny as Country Mac. <laughs> I've not got to that yet. Oh, just wait. It's You'll a trip, man. It's fantastic. What happened that uh, his career fell off? Did something go wrong? You know, it was weird because it's not, he, again, he's, he's kind of back. He's doing commercials now. The homeboy there, what the hell's his name? The pie guy, the actual pie guy. Jason he's, Biggs. Jason Biggs, yeah, I was going to say Schwartzman, totally different guy. Um, he's doing commercials with him again now and stuff, and he's doing that show, but it's like, yeah, but it, it's not like the whole Brendan Fraser, like, huge comeback thing because somebody grabbed my balls. It's some weird, random, completely. I feel like he got typecast. Yeah. It's and like, it's hard to play Stifler when you're going into your 40s. I thought he had some kind of substance issues, but I could be. I think that, too. I could see. Say I could be conflating that with somebody else. Sorry, Sean, if, if you're listening, we didn't were wrong. We don't want to accuse okay. anything yeah. by our old man memories, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. so if you Sean, reach out. We'll get you on the show and you can set us straight. You can clarify everything, brother. But yeah, right. I don't know. It's not like well documented that I can see besides what we're speculating. But yeah, it's not. I don't know. But I'm glad to see he's kind of making a mini comeback because there's a lot of fun. Babyface comeback, man. That's right. Fire up, Scott, Sean, whatever, Steve. What's his name again? Well, you named two Armstrongs. Buddy, all the best to you. Three, he has three first names, names yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's understandable there. Like the Freddie Joe Floyd guy. All right, so we'll move on now 
to Mr. D'Agostino's next underrated sports movie. This is one I mentioned to Mike. I think just when me and him were talking to each other this week. So this one is based on a true story, and it's a baseball film that I absolutely love. It is called The Final Season. It's about a uh, school, I want to say in North Dakota. The school was closing down in 1990. They were going to be merging with another small school to make a bigger school. The team was just not expected to do anything. The regular coach quit. The team had won the championship in single A every year since the 60s. And it's just a really good, based on a true story film. It has Sean Astin in it, Powers Booth, Rachel Lee Cook, James Gammons in it. Blankenau's name, married to Roseanne. Tom Arnold was in it. Just a really fun cast. Even the young kids in the, the teenagers in the film are good. Uh, just a fun baseball film that's based on a true story. I thoroughly enjoyed it the first time I stumbled on it on Stars, And it's one I've been singing the praises of for a long time. What's it called again? It is the final season. Final season. Right. Final season. It's well, another one that I haven't heard of. Yeah, I, I'd never well, heard of it when Jason was telling me about it, but it sounds very interesting. And I love Powers Booth. It yeah. is a very good, low-budget film. Even with the cast they have, it's a low-budget baseball film, but it's really well done. From everything I've read about the actual team, the real team, it's very faithful to the story. So it's not like they took the Disney liberties and everyone loved each other and it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like, no, <laughs> there was strife, there was anger, and it, it covers all those things. Here's a hot take. Unsliced bread is better than sliced bread. Take that, sliced bread. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> you know, I like to get a French loaf and just cut off whatever I want, however I want. But wouldn't that then be sliced? Yeah, I'm talking about pre-sliced bread, though, you know? You you buy it yourself, slice it the way you like it. Maybe I want to cut the bread vertically. Maybe I'm fucking... Maybe you want a little baguette, eh, Ricky Martel? Be like a little baguette. <laughs> Maybe you want to chop some broccoli with that bread. You could go downtown, get some unsliced bread and broccoli. Bring it home. Slicing bread and chopping broccoli. But yeah, I've not heard of the final season. So we will move forward to my next movie and kind of debated whether I wanted to go with a traditional movie or something outside of the box here. So I was kind of like, eh. And then I debated whether this was really a sport. I mean, fighting's a sport, right? So this is going to be a stretch, just so you know. But I'm going with uh, Every Which Way But Loose with Clint Eastwood. Philo Beto, when he has the big fight scene at the end, just a classic movie. I mean, you got orangutans, you got mean-ass old ladies, you got biker gangs, you got fisticuffs, you got big anus and little anus. I mean, this is a movie of epic proportions, and I think everybody should see it. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. Couldn't that be classified as a tough man fight? Oh, I have no idea. Is he fighting to become Mr. Salooner or Mr. Saloon? <laughs> Put him up. His name was really cool. Philo did it, Beto. Did it take place at Salooner's Balcony Pub? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, it did. <laughs> Location. It's just a classic movie. I mean, the motorcycle gang, every time they'd come pulling up, that song would play in the background. <laughs> yeah. the, the 50s greaser song. And of course, Clyde. I mean, he's right up there with Flash, with greatest movie animals of all time. Right turn, Clyde. Yes. Lewis. I can't think of his first name. Uh, Philo's brother. Jeffrey Lewis. Jeffrey Lewis, yes, he just passed away. But incredible in his role in their mom. Don't leave that damn 
filthy ape out here and they have drinking all the beer. She's the best. It's a great movie. And he tells them to strip the car, Clyde. Tears the cop's car down to pieces in like two seconds. Just a fun and goofy movie. Is it that one or the next one where she's on the beach like Bo Derek and Tom? Because that kills me every time. Just thinking. I about think it. that's. Uh, yeah, I think that's the next one. Any which yeah. way you can. Yeah, that's right. It kills me. Fun yeah. movies. It's a very loose. I don't even know if you could really call it a sports movie in any way, but I thought fighting would count. Okay. Is this like amateur MMA? How those boxing golden gloves? Before we move on to the next movie, I haven't seen it. Is it? I don't really like Clint Eastwood but you talked about the motorcycle gang pulling up and music playing is that like where they got the idea for Cyrus in Trailer Park Boys like every time his car pulls up it's playing the same song it could be yeah you know what I'm talking about it could yeah. be a little there this one's more like a doo-wop every time yeah but well yeah when they pull up it's kind of like the uh shanana type yeah right like something that the uh, yellow jacket boys would have sang (laughs) right bill yeah you haven't got that yet have you drew Uh uh-uh frank reynolds's old gang when he was a kid the yellow jacket boys it's very much like that yeah because i could see that being based on that too gotcha okay all right continue on just had to ask that question yeah, so that was a, it's an early 80s movie, probably like 82, 83 area, maybe even earlier back. Clint was young, a younger man. So moving on to Mike with his next underrated sports movie. What do you got, Mike? So I guess we're up to number one, right? Yeah, this is our final round here. All right. So then I've got to go with the one, the only movie that was made in my hometown, partially, and that's Blue Chips. I fucking love that movie. It is oh, yeah. Yeah. That was so when, uh, good. Frankie Seacrest as the basketball coach. <laughs> Penny Hardaway. Shaq. IU's own Matt Nover playing Ricky Rowe, the other big recruit for Western University. Yeah, where his dad needs a tractor and they get him like the kind you mow side ditches with to work Direct- up their field and stuff. Directly yeah. William Friedkin, who just passed away a couple uh, last week, I think. Who did? William Friedkin, the guy who directed this. He's the guy who directed The Exorcist and Friends Connection. But this is one of his later movies, obviously. But he just passed away like a week or two ago. So this movie, they filmed all of the basketball scenes in the movie were filmed at the local high school here. And Amy's stepdad, he ran the Boys and Girls Club here for like 20 years or so. He designed the logo for Western University and convinced them to let him sell T-shirts with the logo on it to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club. So they raised enough money that I think it helped pay for the land they bought to build the new Boys and Girls Club about, I don't know, maybe 10 years after the movie. They you know had bought the land and got it built and everything, raised the money for it. But when they were setting up things to film it, they're like, okay, we need extras. And they're like, okay, we can sell tickets to these games. They're like, what do you mean? They're like, people will pay money to come watch these games played. They're like, you mean we don't have to pay extras? They said, oh, no, they'll pay to come and watch these games. And they absolutely did. They filled the gym and sold tickets to see all of the games. I know Amy got to go to a couple of the tapings. Like, I didn't know anything about this. We get home from our yearly vacation to Arkansas to visit my grandma and my aunt where we spent a week with no TV. And I come home and read the newspaper looking at the sports page and I'll look Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway and Calvert Chaney and Bobby Hurley and Matt Nover and all of these famous basketball players right here in town that have got to go see a game, but no. Well, you got yeah. to go to Arkansas. I'm not bitter about that 30 some years later. Not at all. Did you but get Lewis Williamson or Nolan Richardson while you were in Arkansas? No, no, no blue chips there. Nope. 
I saw a lot of yellow jackets and weird bugs and heat and the inside of the house where there was air conditioning. And yeah. Any, any Graftons? No, although there was a little a little boy. I don't think it was that summer. I think it was a few years before that. that I, he could have been a Grafton. He told Maybe. some tall tales, and he was very small. Huge head. So, so yes, kind of. So it could have been a cousin. Could have been one, one of the tall wallops. For a short man. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Blue Chips, go check it out. Nick Nolte as a basketball coach who's always done things the right way and finally has to bend to the the will of some of the boosters to do some underhanded things to get the kids he needs because things have fallen on hard times and just a great it was a movie i rented all the time from the local video store it was on my list so i'm glad you talked about it because then i didn't have to <laughs> but it is one that i love so thank you for mentioning it it's a good movie yeah it uh, does a good job exposing the moral conundrum that collegiate coaches have to deal with well not so much anymore now with nil and being able yeah. to pay it's thankfully i mean yeah right not to not to get into that whole thing and go that direction but but i'm glad that college kids get to make a little bit of money off their name image and likeness now since the colleges right. have done so for years i wholeheartedly agree with you they can make time. video games with them in that they can get paid for it. and not all of them are kids who have huge scholarships. Some of these kids are walk-ons who just wanted to try out and they happen to make the team. Right. So I'm right there with you on supporting that. Yeah, I think the first time I became aware of that stuff was around the time the Fab Five up in Michigan were really doing well. And everywhere you went was a Chris Weber jersey or a Jawan Howard jersey or a Jalen Rose jersey or a Jimmy King or a Ray Jag. I mean, they were everywhere around where I lived. And those guys saw zero from that. Yep. And Michigan's still making money off of them fucking things. I mean, think about how much money Nike made just off of the black socks that those guys wanted to wear instead of the regular socks. I got some in the drawer right now, dude. They're 17 bucks a pair. It was all about that look. It was cool. Yeah, I felt fab when I dressed that way. I really yeah. did. Absolutely fabulous. Ab fab. <laughs> we'll move on from blue chips to go on to Big Bill's final underrated sports movie. What you got, Bill? I'll give an honorable mention to He Got Game because it ties in with Mike's movie. Jesus. Um, another college basketball movie that's pretty interesting. More about the recruitment process and all this stuff. But the movie I got to pick, the thing is, it's not really underrated, but it's my, my, my favorite sports movie, but it's not necessarily underrated, but it gets overshadowed by another movie that is way more popular with the same genre. Or same sport, I should say, not John. Well, because they're both dramas, but I got to go with Raging Bull because it's such a fucking bona fide. And if you look at, like, Goodfellas, Casino, Raging Bull is the Pesci, De Niro trilogy. You know, this would be the first one. And this is a fantastic movie. And Joe Pesci's a little more sympathetic in this. He's not a raging lunatic, per se. He's just kind of a dickhead, but he's also kind of a pushy. He's a supportive dickhead as opposed to like an unhinged maniac, but he's, he's still crazy Pesci, but it's a fantastic movie and De Niro's a lunatic in this movie. And what's her name that she did a lot of comedies and she was in that really, a really good underrated movie with Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi called Neighbors. She plays Dan Aykroyd's wife and Dan Aykroyd actually plays a crazy one and John Belushi plays a nerdy guy, but it's a fantastic movie. But her name's Kathy Moriarty, I think. And she's the wife in this and it's just, I mean, Scorsese 90% of the time hits it out of the park. He's got a couple movies that I, I, I think are kind of spectacular, but 
I think this is a fantastic movie. It's my favorite sports movie. Calling it underrated is a big stretch. It's probably my biggest stretch of the night. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it was definitely an Oscar-winning movie, and it was very legendary. But you compare it to Rocky, which is also a great movie. But, you know, that's if you can think back to a movie, that's the first movie that pops in your head. But this movie is so much more intense. And if you haven't had a chance to revisit it again, it's something, man. It really is just as, even though it's not a mafia thing, it's just as intense to me as Casino or Goodfellas in the sense that it's just a really, and I've based on a true story and it's a really sort of violent you know violent lifestyle and obviously it's boxing and but there's all kinds of sketchy shit going on but again it's something it's intense and it's super violent de niro was just and, and it's the movie he's famous for like and i know he did it again for untouchables but he puts on like 60 pounds at the end of the movie to portray jake lamada as sort of like you know his career is over and he owns like a restaurant nightclub and he's trying to be a host and he's real chubby and but he's still got like a little bit of edgy anger anger to him that kind of propelled his career but also sabotage because Jake LaMotta was famously a pretty angry guy. And it's a great movie, though, man. If you haven't seen it or you know haven't checked it out in a while, it's really something worth revisiting. Because some of Martin Scorsese's stuff, like, I don't know, like, most of it's good, but some of it's kind of... Uh... But this is definitely one of his top films and one of my favorites, probably my favorite sports film. What do you guys think? I have never seen Raging Bull. It's been... 20 some years since I've seen it and I've only seen it the one time. So it's definitely something I need to revisit. You mentioned Kathy Moriarty. And the first thing I thought of was this terrible sitcom she did with Andrew Dice Clay on CBS back in the mid nineties. That's right. Wow. This house. house. Yeah. Wow. That was instantly. I'm like, why do I know that name? Wasn't she in that Andrew Dice Clay show? I looked it up. Sure enough. Yeah. She did a lot of stuff. She was in case. Yeah too and she's a bad guy in Casper with Christina Ricci and a lot of stuff but Neighbors is a good movie with it is yeah Neighbors is underrated as shit yeah. oh definitely yeah I love how they're like the uh, low key creepy Neighbors Belushi <laughs> what's the just, problem I remember buying that and, and just being blown away because Ackroyd and Belushi were totally playing against type of yeah. what you would expect and just so well done that's it. It made everybody mad, but it was perfect. I don't ever hear anybody mention that movie ever. So I'm glad you brought that up too, because now I want to go back and rewatch that also. Yeah. Because I used to have it on DVD and I have no idea what happened to it, but it's been 20 years since I've seen Neighbors. So it's, it's kind that of one's on the list. It's a dark movie in a fun way. Mm-hmm. I think what works against Raging Bull was Casino and obviously in Goodfellas. Well, Goodfellas is an iconic movie. I actually have the book that's based on. It's really good and it's pretty close. The names are different and some of the stuff is added or subtracted. But I think the black and white doesn't help Raging Bull. You know what I mean? Because well, see, I, I think it does. Well, I mean, as far as like getting a wider sort of right, like, we appreciate it because we're I don't want to say, you know. We're not film snobs, but, you know, we're not, we're okay with something as, you know, if it's an artistic vision of black and white, I'm, I'm guessing you guys are going to get, you know what I mean? But some people are like, it is black and white. You know, some people are pieces of shit. I think you're right that being in black and white doesn't help it as far as getting interest from a lot of people. Yeah. And being a boxing movie, again, that's not a hugely popular sport anymore. So again, it's got a couple of things working against it for why you don't hear it talked about enough, because it's not something that a lot of people, if they haven't seen it already, 
are going to look at it and be like, yeah, I need to watch that. Even though, like you said, it's Scorsese, it's De Niro, it's Eshi. Bill used the word artistic, and I think that's the best way to describe how this film looks as far as the black and white and the way it was filmed. It's a very artistic, gritty film in how it portrays Jake LaMotta. It's an excellent boxing film. and But yeah, it isn't talked about as much now. I think when it came out, because boxing was still very, it was still accessible to everyone when it came out. So it was, this was the reason why it was popular then. Boxing is the reason boxing isn't popular now, which that's a whole other topic for discussion at another time. But no, it's an excellent boxing film. I think at the time when it came out, I mean, you had that and Taxi Driver that were like the defining De Niro performances for a long time. Yeah. And then like Goodfellas happened. And he had such a stretch of stuff in the 90s that it just kind of fell by the wayside for people that didn't know what it was about or or know enough to look at it and look beyond the fact that it was black and white and about boxing to the fact that it was an excellent movie. And I think that's probably why you don't hear talk about it. Another boxing movie that I considered that I don't ever hear anybody talk about that I thought was really good was Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man, Jim Braddock, James Braddock was the boxer that back in like the Depression era. Yeah, that's not the one. What's the one with, I can't think of the kid's name. He's got the blonde crew cut. Was Cuba Gooding Jr. was in it. That is Gladiator, and that was Gladiator. on my list. Yeah. That is a, a really well done boxing film as well. I also had Southpaw on my list with Jake Gyllenhaal. That was very good. It's a hard watch emotionally based on what the character goes through. Both very good boxing films. I'm glad you mentioned Gladiator, Drew. Well, you're welcome. I did it for you. <laughs> Well, I learned it by watching you, Drew. I learned it by watching you, Dags. <laughs> Speaking of, we will move off of Raging Bull and slide right over into Mr. Dags' DMs and ask him what his final underrated sports movie is here. I got two that are pretty well loved, but I don't think they get a lot of credit. And I could just go completely sideways and pull something wrestling out of my pocket. So it's up to you guys. Well, I figure we'll kind of hit honorable mentions afterwards. So, All right, let's pull the trigger i'm going with basketball i love everything about basketball i love that it's a parody of what sports have become in the last 30 years i love that they got bob costas and all the espn guys at the time in it i love the giveaways i love how the arena looks in the film like there's so many little things that ivan reitman did right with this film and then having matt and trey be the two main characters and sadly if anyone mentions steve perry in real life it takes all i have to not go and i should have been gone like they do when they're trying to psych other people out. It's just such a great comedy parody of sports. And I was waiting for a pause in your thing so I could hit you with the Steve Perry. If there never was. <laughs> or your mom's going out with Squeak. <laughs> See if anybody was going to drink a bag of Kenny Rogers fat. <laughs> I heard your mother's deaf. My mother's dead. Well, maybe that's why she didn't move around a lot. <laughs> I'm really surprised that we didn't end up with some kind of basketball league, right? On some kind of level after the movie came out. I think had it come out 10 years later, we would have. It's a and genius it's concept. It is. I mean, I would watch the shit out of that. And I don't watch that much live sports, honestly, but I would watch <laughs> the shit out of a basketball league. I wonder if we could do fantasy. I I would play that if there was a league for it. I would play fantasy basketball. Are you kidding me? Go for the guy with the highest number of psych outs. <laughs> I love 
how dumb Jenny McCarthy's character is in that film. Yeah, she's a method actress. Perhaps maybe we could lay some carpet. And then the next scene is her laying carpet. No, it's not. I don't even think it was her being dumb. It was, that's what he, the dude actually meant. Cause like she thought the whole time she thought he meant like sexual favors. And he literally meant to like take the chrome off of a trailer hitch or something and put the carpet in. I think you're giving her credit <laughs> too much credit. No, really. no, I, I, if you look like she's pissed off that she's putting in the carpet and like, that's the way that guy plays things. He also plays it like he's annoyed that like she's not getting his euphemisms. Mm, I don't know. I love free chicken night. That kills me in the background. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many little things in that film. When they take the Make-A-Wish kid out (laughs) and get him drunk before his liver transplant. (laughs) He smells like Charlie Sheen and Christian (laughs) Slater. (laughs) Let's get the last bits out of this thing before they get rid of it. The video will... With Ernest Borgnine <laughs> singing, <laughs> that he's singing the I'm Too Sexy song from Right Said Fred. When Coop and, goes to play the World Series with uh, Reggie Jackson hitting the home run and it segues into when animals get hit by cars. Having <laughs> <laughs> this fall on Fox. <laughs> Which would have been the channel to air that in real life. Yeah, oh yeah, at that time, absolutely. Eek Yasmin Bleeth. Whole you and your rich friends and Victoria Silvstead play man of the year. God damn it. It's okay if I can call you pig fucker. No, only my friends can call me pig fucker. <laughs> and the fact is, as great as that movie is, it's probably only the second best film that Matt and Trey made because Orgasmo exists. Oh god, Orgasmo. The great soundtrack too. Dad, I'm not gonna do hamster style anymore. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, great pick, Bags. I love Very this. Very well done, sir. All right, we will transfer out of that and go on to my final pick. And I had difficulty choosing here, but I went with another outside-of-the-box pick. Borderline, sports-related, underrated, The Running Man from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Kind of a game show, but also a sport. There was ice hockey. Yeah, there was hockey. You know, it, it was just awesome. You know, the Butcher of Bakersfield, Ben Richards, just a classic movie. It's got Dick Dawson just doing Dick oh. Dawson shit. The only guy that gets the best comeback burn to Arnold was I'll be back. Only in a rerun. Only in a rerun. That's pretty fucking fire, man. You can't stun Richard Dawson. He's fantastic. Just a great movie. I thought Jesse was great in this I movie. Think Jesse. Yep. Just a, an awesome movie, man. And I love like the Stalkers Dynamo and Oh shoot! I can't remember the name of the guy that was a fireball. That was Jim Brown, yeah, fireball. Jim Brown. I thought it was Ron Van, Ron Van Cleef or whatever that guy's name was. No, uh, Jim Brown is fireball. And then who's Sub Zero? Plane Zero. Sub Zero. I think dude look like Vader, kind of. Names reminiscent of American Gladiators. It's like Toru Tanaka or something. Sub Zero. That's not who it is, but it's somebody like that. Yeah. No, you're right. It was. Uh, I think it is Toro Tanaka. Yeah, I think so. And then uh, Buzzsaw was the guy that looked like Vader, kind of. That's it. Yeah, I love that movie. I, you're, I, you know what? I do too. Absolutely. I wish I thought of it as a sports I'll movie because it's one of my favorite. It's just full of, like the classic Schwarzenegger puns and stuff. Dweezil Zappa's in this movie. Everybody. Mick Fleetwood too. Zappa and Mick Fleetwood and what's his name from Alien, the big black guy, which I know some of you guys haven't seen, but he's a lot of fun. That's a great movie. Yeah, so if you haven't seen The Running Man, go check out The Running Man. Oh, such a classic. Based on a Stephen King story, no less. Oh, really? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, but his, his name is written as Richard Bachman, but yeah, it's a Stephen King story. Very cool. I, I never read it, but I heard it's pretty close. But it's uh, I love that movie. It's, it's yeah, probably my it's second favorite cool. Arnold movie after Predator. Yes, that was that was my last movie on my list. But I do have an honorable mention that I would like to mention also, which was the program. I just think that's one of the funner, but probably more realistic uh, college football movies out of there out in, at the time. You know, as far as like the booster payments and the steroids, just all the wild and crazy shit that goes on. I'm sure probably a fairly accurate portrayal of college football. But I thought that was a cool movie. Jimmy Conn, yeah. Omar Epps, a lot of cool, cool actors in this movie and a, and a really cool movie. Do you guys have any honorable mentions that you would like to bring up? I've got a couple here. Biker wanted us to make sure and mention for the aforementioned Aaron Grafton, Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is apparently a hockey movie. It is a hockey movie. Which is the movie that inspired me to list Threat Level Midnight because it's kind of the same premise. (laughs) There's a bomb at the hockey game. I have on my list Necessary Roughness which is kind of the comedic version of a college football movie compared to like the program being a little more serious. I think felt like it was fairly big at the time it came out. It's Scott Bakula in that one, right? Yeah. Scott Bakula, Sinbad, Robert Loggia, Hector Elizondo, Kathy Ireland, Ireland. I know I'm forgetting somebody, the guy that played Featherstone. I can't think of his name. And then you had the karate middle linebacker, bald head. That was just a funny movie of like, you know, your low end college I don't know. They should have called it West Texas State and and had Dick Murdoch make a cameo or something. But what a funny movie. And then I have The Replacements. Keanu. With Keanu Reeves as Shane Falco, Gene Hackman, John Favreau, Orlando Jones, Roy from The Office, the tie back to Threat Level Midnight. That was a funny movie. The great Jack Warden was in that. Plus, Pat Summerall, Keith David. You don't get much better as far as character actors than Keith David. And then I have Days of Thunder, which I thought was going to be on Drew's list, so I didn't mention it. Because you, you mentioned it the other day, so I purposely avoided it. But God, I loved that movie when I was a kid. And I think more than anything, because Hardy's gave away the Days of Thunder cups. I guess not gave away. I think you had to pay like 99 cents to get that commemorative cup or whatever. But I think that, and then there were, I think they had cars also for each of the cars. Because you had the City Chevrolet. You had, that was the pink car. Then there was the yellow and green. I don't remember the sponsor for that one. Then you had Russ Wheeler's Hardy's number 18. And Michael Rooker, young Michael Rooker in that being fucking fantastic. And Harry L. And, of course, Tom Cruise in there was great and the absolutely fantastic. Robert Duvall was great as the crew chief for old Cole Trickle. Yeah, great movie. Two things I want to throw in on Days of Thunder, because I love that film. It did influence NASCAR, because after that film came out, Kyle Petty started driving a mellow yellow car that looked exactly like the one Cole Trickle drove. That was the fourth. And then fun fact about me is the very first time I cursed as a child was because I <laughs> I quoted Days of Thunder. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> the wheelchair race in the hospital was just such a fun little scene. God, I love it. I'm going to have to watch Days of Thunder tomorrow. After, right after payback, I'm going to have to watch Days of Thunder now. And the last thing I had was Eight Men Out. Fantastic baseball movie. Ken Zalewski's favorite baseball movie, if I remember correctly, about the 1919 Black Sox and the scandal of throwing the World Series and everything. Tremendous cast, Ray Liotta. John Cusack. John Cusack. Yeah, one of my favorite John Cusack movies. Charlie Sheen, right? Yep. Too? 
If you haven't seen it, play Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe, who was it? D.B. Sweeney. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. One of the best baseball movies ever, in my opinion. And it gets overlooked for that god-awful field of dreams. (laughs) I love you for that. Oh, For Love of the Game. That's a better baseball movie from Costner than Field of Dreams. That's it. I'm done. Bull Durham's better than Field of Dreams. Oh, hell yes. Hell, Bad News Bears is better than Field of Dreams. How about you, Bill? You got some honorable mentions? I didn't bring this one up because I figured we'll bring it up when we have our good buddies at Josephine's on for an Adam Sandler discussion because I was going to discuss the original and that's, uh, you know, like The Longest Shard because it's a fantastic movie. But I like both of them. I really like the remake. It's one of those remakes I think is fine. Not as good as the first, but, you know, it's one of those things. Would it be anyway? I don't expect, I don't think Adam Sandler would say it is, but I love them both. They're both fun films in their own way the original's got that 70s vibe it's a little slower storytelling but it's got like good set design and you know a little more dramatic but still kind of fun and the remake i think is pretty fun but that's my honorable mission your point about longest yard movies the first one is straight up the original it was a drama with a little bit of comedy sprinkled in great film the remake is straight up a comedy movie and all of these people a little bit older than us get extremely butthurt yeah over the fact that their precious movie was remade into a comedy that movie is fucking hilarious i'm sorry amy to this day cannot talk about terry cruz without calling him cheeseburger eddie i was just gonna say man it's yeah cheeseburger eddie alone steals the movie yeah that's what she calls him in anything i was like oh that's cheeseburger eddie yeah that's terry cruz right but he's cheeseburger eddie forever because he was so fucking hilarious in that role Michael Irvin He's got the shakes good. that'll make you quake. That's right. <laughs> Nelly was good. Bob Sapp was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I like little Michael. <laughs> Bob Sapp was hilarious. And then, I mean, Nash and Austin. Great Kali. It had a better roster than either it, TNA or WWE had at that point in time. <laughs> it was good. It was a good move. Goldberg. <laughs> supposed to have People? a huge penis, apparently. Yeah. People <laughs> now the cup that he had. <laughs> Just, you know, the people that don't like that movie, they went in already deciding they were going to hate it and didn't give it any kind of chance and didn't want to enjoy it because it's fucking hilarious. I'm not saying that it's better than the original because it's not, but they're different fucking movies. One is a drama that, you know, the whole death of caretaker in the original is fucking traumatic. Yeah. And you know, it's a whole different thing, but just because the remake was different, and when a different avenue doesn't mean that it's not good. It's a lot of fun. And that's the thing. Like some remakes are terrible, but this one, again, didn't try to be a masterpiece, but it's so much fun. And I'm not the world's biggest Adam Sandler fan. I know you said me, I, I don't hate him. I mean, a lot of his stuff is fantastic. Some of his stuff makes me roll my eyes, but this movie stuff, like, great. It's fun. I'm going to have to side eye you now a little bit, Bill. No, I like him, but I don't gonna, love him. Some of his, we're gonna have- you know, some of his stuff, whatever. He's got a lot of classics. Some of his stuff is really irritating to me. We can get that discussion when we have that discussion. Yeah. I mean. yeah. I'll need to see your list of what's good and not. <laughs> I think you'd appreciate it because it's I not probably, uncommon, but there's just, again, I, I do want to go on a tangent, but I'll wait because I do, but I won't, but I like the longest shard. <laughs> and I, I don't know why you guys want to talk about bring it on. That's the movie I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. Which one, one, two, three, four, five are back in the city again. There is a lot of them, isn't there? Well, yeah. The fast and furious. Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> What was the cheerleader movie where they robbed the grocery store, robbed the bank, or whatever? Oh yeah! Oh, what was, was that? Because that, that, that was had, um, Oh, she was in the Sandlot. It was Dead Presidents. Queen Latifah. Uh, you're talking about. 
Uh, no, no, no. This was later. This was, oh, yeah, it God. was, um, what was the name of the lifeguard in the sandlot? Because it was her. Wendy, Wendy Peppercorn? Who was the... Mary something is her name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, or Marley. Marley Shelton. She yeah. was like the head cheerleader. And wasn't she pregnant in the film, too? I like her character was pregnant. That's why they robbed. God, like that's him. that's a movie I haven't thought about in over 20 years. Sugar and Spice. Yes. And you know what? This just made me think of another cheerleading movie with Drew <laughs> mentioning Drew and Bill mentioning Bring It On. Since that's definitely clearly where Bill was going. Absolutely. Was Man of the House with Tommy Lee Jones. That's oh, a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, Sugar and Spice. Thanks, Dags. I'm glad you found that. Because that was actually a fairly decent movie. I have not thought of that in a long time. So thank you for mentioning it. Well, what else you got on your honorable mention list there, Dags? Well, Mike already took the replacements. Because that was also on my list. The original Rollerball is on my list. I was thinking that one myself, but I didn't do it. I consider it's a science fiction film, but I consider it a a sports film too. It's about a sport, yeah. Like baseball. Um, I have Undrafted on my baseball list. It's a comedy, but it's based on a true story. Very funny film. Not a lot of big names in it, but it's good for a quick watch. I already mentioned Gladiator from 1992, the boxing film, which has a really great soundtrack. Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal. Grunt, the wrestling movie. And Hammerhead Jones, which was a assumed to have been a lost pro wrestling film that has since been found. And I have gone out of my way to watch it. And it's not, it's pretty much what you expect of a B movie from the 80s about wrestling. Rusty Brooks is in it. Uncle Fred is in it. Fred. Uncle Fred is in it. A bunch of Florida guys are in the film. It's it's a fun watch. It's a vanity project. Some dude who ran a used car lot paid for it and stars in it. But fantastic. What was the name of it again? <laughs> Hammerhead Jones. It is on YouTube. I'll send you the link to post then. Okay. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to pay credence to the movie Kingpin. Oh yeah, it's, it's awesome. one of my favorite movies of all time. I just milked your cow. <laughs> Yeah, still kills me. Kingpin was one that it always never ceases to get a laugh out of me. Same. I guess that brings a wrap to our episode of uh, underrated sports movies. So we will bring this thing home, and I guess we will jump into some plugs here, Mike. We want you to check out our friends over at Shoreline Gems. If you're looking for a super unique gift for someone, check this page out on Facebook. All their designs are one of a kind, and like I said, you can find them on Facebook. Look them up, Shoreline Gems. Check out their page, give them a like, and give them a share. And we also want to give a shout-out to our buddies at Luna Worldcast, courtesy of Megafauna Records. You can find them at LunaWorldCast.com, and you can also join their Patreon for live streams and get the latest updates on shows. And also for all members of their Patreon, you get 15% off merchandise on their website right now. They've got coffee mugs, hats, t-shirts, cassettes, digital downloads. So if they're in your area, also go check them out, LunaWorldCast.com. And also we want to give a shout out to the gals over at What's the Vibe. You can find them wherever you podcast and also on YouTube. And they cover a wide variety of topics and they always have a good time. So do yourself a favor. Check out the What's the Vibe podcast with Katie and Amy. Also want to give a shout out while we're here to our buddies Cause Chaos, Shard Johnson, Stephen Burrow. We love you guys. Get better, get well. Shard, stay safe down there in Hurricane Florida. We want to shout out to all our Florida people. Let us know you're okay. 
Stay safe out there, guys. You can find me every other week on the Another Sports Podcast with my best friend, David. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts, and we're also on YouTube. Say, so yeah, check us out. Give us some love if you want. If not, no big deal. Hey, we have a store. If you check out tpublic.com, we'll sell you some shirts, some magnets, some stickers, maybe even a coffee mug. I got one, and it's pretty fantastic. And if you listen to this show, if you get a minute, please give us five stars. You don't have to, give, but, you know, if you rate and review us, write something like, write whatever. But if you give us a review, positive would be better. But anything, any more, any exposure is good exposure as far as Apple is concerned or, or Spotify or any of that stuff. So if you get a chance, rate and review us, whatever you want to do, it's fine. <laughs> get that Tea Public store. Check out the 18 by 24 canvas wall hanging of the internet legend. Perfect for every room in your home. Classes up any possible space. Put that picture on your wall, and it's like you're walking into the Taj Mahal. You'll never have to paint your living room. <laughs> I can attest to this statement. <laughs> We'd like to recommend you check out our friends over at the WrestleCopia family of podcasts, the Memory Grenade, the Monday Night Warfare, the two regional wrestling podcasts with Ray Russell that he hosts the first one with Roman Gomez talking about 1986 UWF Mid-South and the second with our good friend and frequent guest Jamie Ward as they talk 1981 Georgia Championship Wrestling. These are fantastic podcasts. You will learn something on all of these shows as Ray Russell takes amazing copious page after page after page of show notes for each one of these shows they do. They also have a new show coming soon called The Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop. So check that out. Keep an eye out for that when it debuts. You're going to find all your Josephines information at thejosephines.net. You get their touring schedule. You can buy albums, CDs, merch. They have t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs. Check the guys out. If they're in your area, go see them. Let them know you heard about them on the other ship. We end a lot of our episodes with music from them that they graciously provide to us. They were the guests on our very first show. We will have them back soon, touring schedule permitting, so that we can talk to them about the greatness of the one and only Adam Sandler and hopefully hear something about their new album that'll be coming out soon. So check out the Josephines. And then I also want to give a couple of shout outs first off to our good friend, Bruce Cohen and Cindy. Bruce is making amazing progress back from the health issue he had earlier this year, or I guess last year. And He's better every day, almost back to 100%. I saw today he posted something about he needed to be careful of his physical therapy because there was something on there about the Borg. I don't think he wants to be assimilated. But we love you, Bruce. Can't wait to see you again. And I also want to give a shout out to my good friend, John Fell. I love you, buddy. That's all I've got this week, guys. We'll wrap it up by telling everybody to get on that Facebook page, The Other Ship Podcast. And if you're not a member of the group yet, you really ought to be, especially if you're listening to the show and hearing this part. So get on there, join the group, invite friends, invite your friends, friends, tell your friends, invite their friends, and even invite people that you don't like so we can deny them at the gate. It's fun (laughs) for us. Spend some time with us over here at The Other Ship Podcast. Until we meet again. Adios, muchachos.